Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. Got the whole crew in the house today to talk about some kicks, about some NBA trades. Mike is our resident sad Houston sports fan. (laughs) You should be happy you got rid of James Hudson. I mean, oh, he's been knocking down more donuts yes. than normal. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He, uh, I mean, I guess he got his way, but we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Let's, let's just start off. What are you guys rocking and copping lately? Yeah. Uh, when I'm rocking, I blame me, all you, including Drew and Chris from Wear Testers for this, but I have been beating the ever loving mess out of this. I've only had it for like a week and a half and it's been like my go-to with every move I make. I love this Air Max 90. I need all of them at a discounted price. Um, what What's the color, like the official colorway of that one? Two uh, rows. Uh, yeah, white rose. and rose. Looks like a Supergirl shoe, but whatever. It's, it fits me. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, what I'm looking at right now is actually the uh, two things. The New Balance, was it 5740? Whatever that they redid the uh, 574 and it looks dope. I've seen a couple of people they've been shoot, uh, seeing them too, and it looked good in like on the like the IG pictures and stuff. But it's 120 bucks, looks like a solid leather. And I like the the sole kit better than the traditional. So that's one's on top of my list. And there's an Adidas Uncaged Ultra Boost. They did. Uh, they've been releasing a lot of 1.0s, a lot of things that were really hard to get or just samples back in 2015. And it's the all black, uh, the core black ultra boost, black uh, boost midsole. And it has the same construction as a normal ultra boost, but it has the cage missing. It's, it's not that weird ankle collar. So those two are on my list right now. And hopefully one of them will show up at, in my house at some point. So it's not the uncaged or is the? Like- it is. It's the uncaged, but it's still, you know how it still has the construction of the caged. Mm. Uh, because when Adidas did the... Uh, uncaged it did that weird collar on it it didn't have the same like tongue and stuff as a normal ultra boost does mm-hmm. but i think they released like a soul box collaboration back in 2015 where it was normal ultra boost construction just sans plastic cage and they did the same thing here yeah i think Hype yeah they did one too. as well and it, it mimics one of those two but just like the parlays that have come back out are that never released typically and then the maroon and olives to bring all those back that you can actually get them now and 
I like it because people kind of don't care as much, so they're a little bit easier to grab. Nice. Yeah, man. What about you guys? What y'all got? I'll go ahead. And uh, I wore my Air More Up Tempos today, the black ones I got on a random restock. So I have those with the Supreme Up Tempos and the Olympics. I was going to take photos, but I'm sure you guys do this too. You just like have them by the closet. Like they're out of the box now. Now they're by the door. Next step is getting it from the door to the next door. So we're getting there. <laughs> um, but Love I wore them this it. afternoon. That shoe, I'm a broken record even in 21. Old tech is just comfortable sometimes. So mm-hmm. Air Morp Tempo is doing nothing new other than the updated heel bag. But it's just comfortable. There's glue stains all over it. There's a little bit of like separation. <laughs> like It's just like they're funky. But you know what? It's whatever. They're great. That's how you know it's real. Yeah, that's how you know they're real. Uh, <laughs> I have a real funky take for what I'm looking at. I'm definitely not going to buy them. But I saw them and they've been on my mind all day. You'll never guess what I'm about to say. Kermit the Frog, Stan Smith's. That's right up your alley, dude. That didn't surprise me at all. I was like, damn. Like, I have never, I think the Stan Smith is goofy on my foot. I've tried them on a million times. It doesn't fit right. But it sounds corny. Kermit the Frog is literally one of like my top five role models. <laughs> like, straight up, it's not easy being green. It's not easy being yourself, but you have no other choice but to be who you are. So that I, I can go on and on for Kermit the Frog. So he has a very special place in my heart. I saw those shoes and I was like, damn, I need me some Kermit the Frog print shoes. Sorry. All right. All right. I ain't mad at that. I defer my time to Robbie in case anybody <laughs> else wants to hear the extended monologue on that because I was watching the House of Representatives proceedings. So <laughs> time to the gentleman from... East Portland. No, nah, man. It's just very now, simple for me, life lessons. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say uh, what I rocked today because I had to go to the grocery store was the Air Max LD0 Hiroshi Fujiwaras. I oh. think they were part of the HTM Air Max Day. Yep. I just happened to pick those up. They were at the employee store once on a discount. I was like, these are nice. So that was my going out shoe for today and what i cop today oh i didn't cop but i have a young cousin who listens to our show and she was asking her cousin who has a sneaker podcast which reebok club c shoe should she get so she had it down between the minion and yeah. the tom and jerry and then out of the corner of her eye she saw the famed hot ones collab and that's what we ended up with so happy birthday Shafali. i'm glad you reached out to me made me feel like a proud big brother and that's a good shoe because I think, Robbie, you were speaking pretty highly of that in the previous episode, if I remember. Yeah, go half size up because my flat pancake feet that's don't fit you. great in it. Or not just <laughs> it, it's a great shoe. Go buy a pair. Happy she got them. Hot ones are great. But yeah, yeah, I have horrible feet. It's not her. It's no one else in life. It's my flat pancake feet that just don't fit into some shoes right. It's nobody's fault but my own. Do you use the arch supports in the Air Maxes? I mean, I never know anybody who does it, but do you do it? They don't fit. I couldn't get my, my, there's my feet are so fat. Like I couldn't get those (laughs) in the shoe with it. If I wanted to, I've been curious, but I mean, they're flat as hell. Like having the arch support hurts. I'm just going to deal with the collapse. Um, four foots when I'm like 60, I'm just going to deal with it. I'm I'm, going to put Heelys on the back of my Jordans (laughs) and I'm going to just roll. So it's going to be okay. 
Nice. Could you get the curly laces as well? Oh, you yeah. To... Amazon laces. <laughs> Nick, what are you rocking? What you what you got, man? Oh, What's man. Nick rocking? Um, I wore the uh, Adidas Alpha Edge 4D. Okay. Um, I still really love the the 3D printed stuff. I, I'm like excited to get more of it. And I'm just going to stick, I'm just going to go full on Adidas 4D today. My like cop potentially oh. is the Futurecraft 4D yeah. coming back, the original nice. version. That shoe is just beautiful to me. As long as it's not, you know, $400 or whatever. I think it's or 220 now. It they're bringing it back reduced price point. Yeah. I still, I still got to get a pair of like the OG Ultra Boost 40 Same. too, right? Like, or even the Triple Black. I like both of those. I, I'd wear them all the time. Mm-hmm. So, that's that's kind of my vibe right now. Okay. Isn't it weird that you go from like, like some days you'll have like a, a like totally different pairs in mind and what you're thinking about, and other times you're like, man, I've been thinking about this one thing for like a week straight. Yep. You had me think about super reps today. I was sitting in the doctor's office with my wife as we we're at an appointment. I'm like, huh, just reading like the tech specs and stuff. I'm like, I'm like to buy this just to like test it. I'm like, what? Damn. I was like, Nick, it's your fault. Envelope. <laughs> <laughs> just yelling to the sky. <laughs> Actually, so it is in, in the spirit of Coppin, I was having a conversation with a friend earlier today and we were talking about like there's like five dunks releasing and like two days right yeah a a hot drop and just like how is it just me or are they purposely trying to color block everything the exact same way just like they're trying to really make it formulaic so it's like all right either white plus color or two colors plus white midsole equals Mm -hmm. people talking about it for a month before equals people on sneakers equals the salty circle of losing and it's just like you don't have to white and black, white and blue, UNC, UNLV. Um, it's just like it. Like my friend said, maybe it's just like they know the production's cheap and they can just like keep doing it. But if production yeah. is cheap and they can keep doing it, there'd be a lot more stock. It's just like literally. <laughs> I think we're at a point. I'm gonna bring it up early in 2021 because I'm gonna call it now. We're at a point in like the need, the need circle, the need culture of sneakers that like. You're, you you tell yourself you need a pair of white and black dunks that are again a pair of journeys dunks from 2006 <laughs> and then you're butt hurt when you don't have them then you buy them off a resale site for 220 cuz it's either it's a hot dunk that. and it's 300 or it's not a hot dunk and it's 220 it's like a very formulaic resale pricing right now too so it's like all right stop one didn't get it stop two pay twice step three <laughs> put it in your closet wait for another one to come out like, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I did. It's the work smarter, not harder thing with them. They're like, hey, this works. People are going to trip and fall over <laughs> yeah. themselves. They're like, we're not going to do anything different. Why would we? If they didn't sell, they're like, oh, crap, let's do some more of these, you know, co.jp packs with the suede and stuff. No, people are losing their minds over a black and white dunk. Like you said, Robbie, you said it perfectly. Ten years ago, those things were sitting in journeys for $49.99. And we're like, meh. Now you're going to pay two twenty for it. And it's literally a cup sole no air in it not comfortable and maybe questionable quality so good luck to those who would do that i've officially given my resignation to dunks and trying to get dunks 
Hey, but five years ago, you were looking at that pair that was at Journeys that went on sale for forty nine ninety nine. Like, damn, I probably should. Oh yeah, no, I probably did buy it. That's the thing. I'm like, I was in the big, big and like cheap. I'm bringing it home with me. But now I'm like, bro, like the Iowa Dunks. I literally thought about buying them because they're like one seventy in my size on resale. But I'm like, I'm not gonna wear them. I'm, just, I'm not. No, great. Don't do it. I have my Spartan Dunks, Michigan State's, and. I haven't even unlaced them yet. I got them like two months See? ago. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and again, I just, they sit in the closet. I keep trying on sneakers for another pair. I'm going to try for every <laughs> pair coming out in the next five days. I'm a minion too. So don't I got you. I got you. I'm going to help you though. Like I think I'm better than buying five <laughs> pairs of GR Dunks. I'm not. I'm going to try to buy all of them. But it's just like income in the closet. Income. It's like. Well, at least you can admit it. So yeah. people are like, no, 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 I'm a rock, I'm a rock. I'm like, I haven't, I, I have seen zero people wearing dunks in, in the wild. Like, I've seen Instagram pictures of people posing, but I have not seen people just in the wild wearing them. I mean, granted, there's not many places to go, but that's a grocery store shoe. Let's be fair. Like, you no, can no, throw no. it on and channel my nick and say, no, I'm just gonna be like, no, I don't need the shoe. <laughs> I'm not gonna say a year, but like, I'm just gonna channel it. This is a safe space. You can say it here. It's just when you go out on these streets, that's when you have to say yes to everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm just waiting for a Discord message. Hey, who's not going for them? Hook your oh. up in a size 12 and a half. <laughs> yeah, it, just remember that although this is a safe space, it it's it's listened to by a few, well, thousands of people. So. Yeah. No, I'm gonna be trying I'm a buyer if I can get them, but it's just it's just like so formulaic. I, I want to get like your take of like, are you still in the formula? We'll, we'll we'll get to the review, but like, are you are you in the flow? I, I think I think they're a hundred percent in the formula. I think that's I, I would that would be like one of the dream guests for the podcast is a data scientist that can look at all of those things and and literally yeah. pull it out and you know see the formulas right because I really think that that does exist, especially with the most popular models where they they go hard on colorways, the Dunk, mm-hmm. the Jordan One. Even the Jordan one mid separately from from the highs, I think those types of you know some of the Air Max retros where we're constantly seeing shoes flow out to the market, and I think even on the Adidas side, the Stan Smith, the Superstar, those like mm-hmm. classic shoes that they know exactly how long it can be on the shelf even at a discount before it's like, look, we need to move this back, hide it for six months, a year, mm-hmm. two years, whatever, and make people realize that it was gone because. I think from a general consumer standpoint, people don't think that like people think Jordans are limited, right? Yeah. But they always see people in Jordan ones. So they think Jordan ones are kind of not limited in a sense, right? Until they're like specifically interested in a colorway and like, you know, Can't get tuned it. into the sneaker <laughs> that. Yeah. Only limited to when you want them. Story of my life with sneakers. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, what do you think, Rowan? You want to you want to you want to dish out a review here? I'll just say this: uh, much like Nike milking the cow dry with dunks, I think I've milked. And you guys have milked this topic enough for me to just say, "Yeah, guys, I agree." Um, really, I think we've we've had a couple episodes where we've all kind of had a therapy session about dunks and how we're lamenting our inability to grasp them and how that directly personally affects my own manliness and my. <laughs> Here's hoping I get an extra shot of testosterone when I'm trying for a 12 and a half dunk uh, on Robbie's behalf. 
<laughs> I'll second that. Like Dave and Dunk, bro? <laughs> no. <laughs> I finger roll. <laughs> All right, roll. Give us that. Give us that nice review. That nice review? I've got it. Uh, so we've got our usual review. This is either from Mr. Selfish 585 or Mrs. Elfish 585. <laughs> but the review goes as follows. The subject heading is grateful. The entire review is loving the podcast. So in that realm of the Portland Trailblazers review, we get the other end of the spectrum where they just love this review. They love this show. And that's all we can ask for. Maybe next time be a little more specific, but beggars can't be choosers. So we thank you for that. And we remind everybody to continue to rate, review, subscribe, like, do all the things to all the podcast platforms. So that way your boys can eat. And more importantly, we can get our sneakers. Bro, all right. I I have now established Roet's role in our team. Here's our enforcer when it comes to just the people. Roet, you stand there, you just, you stand there like you're going to take a charge, you knock them right down. That's what happens, so. No, no, no. I think I bruise like a peach. I'm, I'm the smallest one out here. Uh, you're definitely the runner test. <laughs> you know what? Here's, here's my athletic doppelganger, right? You guys remember Little Giants? I'm the kid that had the big snot bubble. I'm all intimidation. I just need antacid to get me there. I got you. We got you some tomes on deck. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, in all fairness, the the like one or two word reviews are kind of my favorite because sometimes that's exactly how I feel when I actually do leave a review for something. <laughs> like, it could. look, I've been listening to this for three years. Great. Good on you. <laughs> exactly. But same... Nick, tell us that you've been listening for three years in a sense. I'm sorry. What's that? Go for it. I was gonna say it's in the same vein, like after you have sex, that was good. It's just as as like a whole essay as to what happened. So I will happily take that that was good or this is good. This podcast is good. I was like, I just want a fist bump. Just give me, we're good. good. Fist bump. Here's your Uber. I always think of the the Chappelle show of like how movies would really end and it's the, uh, the, the pretty woman is like, oh, well, time to leave. <laughs> Anywho, we will leave that misogynistic tone at the door. Oh, okay. Well, here we are. This is, this is where we are right now. We just want to keep you happy, Mike, because I think when we do pivot to the big topic of the show, inevitably it will come back to your sadness. Oh, yeah. The, te- the tears will be different once we circle back. <laughs> You see the you guys. Look at the sad face on my picture. There's a. I, I went took the time to make an old school emoji sad face. <laughs> oh man. Well, well, Mike. How about how about uh? Is there any happiness in this in this LeBron, LeBron PE retro conversation that's been going no, on the past? No, there's only one kind of bright spot in this. The the gold watch the throne nines, but everyone else who voted on this actually smokes crack. Like. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. Like it is the what the nines, which I think is the worst what the of the group of, of all the what this. Uh, you have the glow in the dark tens, which they tried to put that on what the uh, what was it the sixteen glow in the dark three three yeah I'm sorry glow in the dark threes they tried to put that that colorway on the sixteen 
and it just sat there and it's like 40 bucks now. Um, the other good one, the ring ceremony 10. So there's only two good ones in my opinion, but there's, there's so many things that are left on the table, like rookie of the year, zoom generations, the purple. Zoom. I don't know. And I mean, I love LeBron. He's like one of my favorites, but his tweet was the final four set. It looks about right to me. I'm like, but LeBron, you said it because you have all the other ones already. <laughs> He's allowed to love all of his shoes. Yeah. Okay. It's fair. It's fair. But if someone said, hey, Mike, pick your five favorites of whatever you have sitting in this closet, I can do that. I can be like, oh, these are my five favorite and be like, eh, I don't know why I bought these. You know what I mean? Okay, let's 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 go through your top four out of out of the LeBrons. Out of these? Uh no. God, it was gonna be I have to like look at them now. The Dunkman, what Dunkman four? Yep. The I watch the throne nine is one of my favorites. Um the Stewies, that like I said, that was just a bad situation how they had those votes up. And then the purple zoom generations are my top four of those. All right, all right. That's so my, my top four would have been definitely the Stewies. I think that colorway is just kind of crazy. Like, I don't even think it should be on a sneaker. I think it's like, like Robbie always talks about putting a shoe on a mantle. Mm -hmm. That's one of those shoes for me. You don't wear it. Uh, the purple Zoom Generation PE for sure. Probably one of my favorite LeBron PEs of all okay. time. Uh, my my absolute favorite LeBron PE is the seven hardwood, oh, uh, hardwood court, hardwood classics. Uh, and then, like you said, the Dunkman four, man, that those are my my top four if I could choose. I'm not going to say anything because I'm okay with these. I'm and if any of these shoes release any of these four that we have listed now, I'm going to buy any one of the four. I don't care which one of the four they're all being copped. I'm in it for the long game. Correction. You're going to try to buy one of the four. That no, I mean with the bronze, I've been pretty good. Like if I, if I actually want it, I get it. So I, these, these will happen. Wow. Put it, put it, put it into the galaxy. Put in the word for your boys over here, because I mean, I'm the same boat. I'm gonna buy whatever one they, they say it's gonna release, but I'm just—I feel like you know I can be a little salty in the beginning. Here's my real deep conspiracy theory QAnon thing. So I've seen, <laughs> I've seen two friends with the glow in the dark threes on foot over the past years. Uh, Samples guarantee you that thing is rigged, and they have a fat stack of those somewhere already, and they're gonna win. See, I saw a picture of the wow. 10 today on Instagram, a sample of the 10 ring ceremony. I was like, I haven't seen that in a long time. And someone was posting pictures of it. So that, that was could be a sample game. So like, like when the 10s came out, that was like height of like people boom boxing, like buying yeah. fat amounts of LeBrons and reselling them and okay. on, on the dark market. The three, they weren't doing that quite so much. So like the yeah. three was like a really low key sample when the three came out that glow in the dark, nobody cared about. Mm -hmm. But since like 2016, I've seen it a couple times, like on foot, like casually. Okay. It's like off of campus. So I guarantee you there's people on campus with them on this. My, my weird theory is that this is all rigged. The glow in the dark threes are going to win. And makes sense. I'm not, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Cause think about it. I mean, let, let's say these, let's say the shoes drop uh, all-star. Let's say that's what I guarantee that's what's going to happen. Hey, no way you're voting for something like, Votes are in in the production. No, production was made nine months ago. So that's just my two cents. And I love the What the Nine. It's a gorgeous shoe. I'm not going to talk any crap. That's the one I would take of the four. Okay. 
Uh, for me, I think I'm going to sound like a broken record. Obviously, the Stewies. I like the Ring Ceremony 10s. I think that's my heart pick. I hope that's the one that wins because that's the one I'll try for now that the Stewies are out. I like both black and red colorways. The January 1st, 2011 player edition. I'm sure I got the date wrong, but that's the one he wore against the Trailblazers. Apparently, that's a shoe that its beauty has to be seen in person to be believed. And then the black and red sevens. Uh, I know those are more basic compared to some of the more extravagant silhouettes that were on the tournament, but I'm with Robbie on this. I think they know what shoe they have and they're just working backwards because once again, going back to the matchups, the Stewie watch the throne matchup to me is just confusing because you could put those on opposite ends of the bracket and they would meet in a final. Should have been two one seeds. Like it should have been two one seeds. And I think it is also the fact that some of these, maybe they're drumming up hype for not necessarily this most current release cycle, but maybe future release cycles. They'll say, oh, you know what? Back by critical demand, because even though it didn't go all the way, this LeBron 15 South Beach is fantastic. So let's just throw that out there. But I think I'm in agreement with young QAnon uh, Robbie here and saying they know what they want. They're just working backwards. I think they know that LeBron has that passionate fan base that whichever one wins these are going to sell out in less than two seconds so i'm just going to see how they get there and what the resale price is going to be because i think if that is to be believed and we do get that glow in the dark one i think that one might sit on resale shelves a little bit longer than most of these other ones would i agree lebron i mean every lebron except for like literally except for the media days which have substantially gone down there were 400 bones when they first dropped, I mean, on the resale. Now, I constantly look at them in like the two, high 200s range. And that's yeah. like the highest one. So whichever one of these come out, if you don't buy them at retail, you can, I mean, they're not going to be a difficult shoe to acquire. Only if you're a Bigfoot, like Nick and I are going to have problems. But everybody else, I still see good LeBron retros and smaller feet on various websites mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. To be exact. So I still see Christmas LeBrons on Nike's Nike's website, like small foot sizes for ninety nine bucks. Exactly, like, it's crazy. I think in general, like LeBrons are are more more appreciated by bigger foot people, though, right? I think yeah. like they look they're they're bulky enough to where they don't look they don't look crazy on a on a bigger foot, right? Like you know. A smaller person that's wearing like a, a bulky shoe sometimes just looks awkward. And I think once you get into that 11, 12, 13 and up, like the LeBrons shine in those bigger sizes. Yeah. Like to me, it just it looks more fitting on a person. But I, I I think it's I'm I'm kind of with you guys on this whole thought process of knowing that they're gonna pick whatever they're gonna pick, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, the the to Robbie's point, you're not going to be able to turn around production on a shoe that time. Mm-hmm. And if you know that you're going to make, let's say, let's say worst case scenario, they were like, well, we're going to make the nine and the 10 upcoming in the next, you know, 18 months, three years, right? This by putting two nines and the 10 in the last four creates more buzz around it means that even if even if it's not a already predetermined thing and those shoes lose they can say well we're still going to bring these other colorways out we've created a little energy around it and potentially they could release all all four of these right 
and lead up to the you know the the is it the two uh the three yeah. sorry well i think the nines are but yeah it's I think the nines, there's so many nines in this thing. I think they're going to be up next to be retro since this seems like it's going to be the year of the eights next year. I mean, I'm taking a shot in the dark, but I think this is a kind of a lead up to kind of a get of a, uh, what a temperature check on how people feel about the nines, which is one of my favorite LeBrons personally. So, I mean, it's cool. They just start bringing them back. So who knows? What is yeah, the, I, I, really I guess, LeBron Holy Trinity that. in a sense? Because I always think of Jordans in packs of three, right? Mm-hmm. The three, four, five, or the 11, 12, 13. Is there enough time removed now from these shoes' actual release dates that we're holding a trilogy of LeBron releases, not necessarily in that high regard, but in a similar reverence? I would say I, seven, eight, nine. I can probably second what Robbie said, and I can maybe even. Like say sometimes ten. I like the ten a lot, so just me personally. But I think seven, eight, nine is probably the safest, safest you said bet. Threes, so I kept it threes. I mean, if you ask, there's only, there's only been like four LeBron misses out of eighteen in my book. And when you think about Jordan, random tangent. When you think about Jordan from one to eighteen. There's a lot more mess ups than four to five in the mm-hmm. one to eighteen. And design wise, how many bad LeBrons are there? So there's the thirteen, the mm-hmm. six. Many would, many would say the 6, 5, 13, 14, 11, 12, 11. I don't – I think 11 is pretty solid. I'm pushing it. I'm trying to get to 5. So oh, okay, 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 okay. But, like, really, the 6, 5, and 13 are, like, the ugh. Yeah. And the 6 and 5 are fire. 13 is horrible. I second that. Sold all mine. 6 <laughs> is a Timbaland boot, man. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing with the LeBrons, right? Like, it's it's hard to... So I think the 9 is a little bit more challenging for, like, the average consumer to Definitely. wear, right? Yeah. It's it's a little Pretty bit... Techie. It's just... It looks yeah. different, right? It stands out, like, the tack, the the tech, the, the, the height of the collar. You know, Rob, on Robbie's, you know, closet episode, right? Like, he talked about, like, the shape of the collar on LeBrons, and... If you haven't checked it out, it's definitely worth your time. It's on Instagram and, and YouTube, but it's it's really a fascinating kind of like thought process around the LeBron designs because as fans of sneakers, as fans of LeBron, we're all kind of open to almost anything until until like the 13, like Robbie said, or whatever that is for you, right? Some people that's the the, the six, some people that's I know a lot of people didn't like the two, but to me that was one of my favorites. Um, but I think with the, the crazy part about the LeBron line is like almost everybody would start with the seven and eight mm-hmm. or have one of those two in their top three, which on one hand, I can totally relate because that's still like the iconic big air bubble, super cush sneaker. Right. But on the other hand, it's also like the most hyped LeBron stuff, right? There was all the crazy PEs on the seven. And then you had, you know, South Beach and and everything else on the eight that like those literally blew up the LeBron line, I think. And to Robbie's point, I think that was because the six was so misunderstood. Like (laughs) people don't people didn't even understand that, like the the concept of, of a leather wrapped midsole and the concept of all the stitching that went into that and like the work that went into that design much different than most of the shoes we see on a regular basis but it wasn't something that was 
I don't think it was talked about enough and I don't think it was, it didn't become. They weren't ready for a, a desirable feature. Is, yeah. is shoe buff's going to be into a leather wrapped midsole, but like yeah. the average Joe's going to be like, yeah. And it, to, yeah. to really dive in, you know, they scrapped the original with the 16, pardon me, what the six was going to look like. They scrapped it super last second. And like what we got is actually like a V2 of like what the six was going to be. Very interesting stuff. You don't have to keep going on about it, but yeah. Yeah, it's a good point though. I think like that 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 would be that would be an awesome deep dive episode in the future, getting into the LeBrons and specifically the six, like the that era of like changing from I don't know, maybe even like four through eight, right? Mm -hmm. The the drastic changes that it all went through, you know, cool. trying to kind of find what LeBron stood for as a as a signature sneaker athlete right well that and you go from like ken link's designs who are ken link you look at a ken link design and you know it's a ken link design if you know what you're looking yeah. at and then jason petrie is like the exact very different like once once the the head designers shifted you could really tell i mean tinker has that uniformity across the jordan line and you can tell when like Dwayne came in or like somebody else but like Tinker's hand was ultimately still kind of in that pot. You straight up changed the team from like, yeah, it's very, very good conversation someday. I'll stop talking and I'll say someday. Yep. <laughs> All right, Mike, we need you to hold it together. <laughs> oh, you, can. Uh, you, you just sent the text to the group, man. I'm going to let you read it. I'm going to let you just take on uh, just know that we're all here for you. Don't cry. Turkey <laughs> for you. Oh, yeah, it's playing in the background. Uh, no, man. So, so everyone can read my my name, a sad Houston sports fan. It's just kind of been like I was telling you guys earlier, just kind of a powdered keg of just awfulness in uh, Houston sports in the last you know few weeks. Uh, you got baseball free agency. There's really nothing happening because of COVID, but we're not going to be paying George Springer to come back most likely because the Astros are cheap. So we have one of our uh, cornerstone players, which we will not have anymore. Um, next, we move on to the Houston Texans, where they are literally the most laughable front office I've ever met. And that's saying a lot, considering like, put it like this, the Browns have won a playoff game. And we have what we're doing now. We've literally just switched roles. Um, and Deshaun Watson, who is our prized uh, quarterback, has been mistreated because they brought this you know lunatic in from the patriots to become i don't know what his position is i don't what what i, I what what is oh my god i can't remember his name now not not the gm but the other guy uh the personnel guy I, what's the like the guy that got a uh, bill o'brien fired which is well deserved but i can't remember his freaking name now because he just infuriates me not, it's for the best. I'll look while you continue to claim about the ineptitude and the general suckiness of the professional sports scene right now. So we have that happening where he's now Deshaun Watson is basically once out and he has passed Texan legends, uh, freaking Andre Johnson. Um, we have a past running back uh, just basically saying, hey, you know what? I would do it. I would play hardball because they drain players and waste your career. So, okay. Oh, you found it, didn't you, Rod? 
I did, what? but you were on a roll. <laughs> so let me throw this alley-oop back to you off the board, T-Max style. <laughs> the New England Patriots hire was a man by the name of Nick Casero, who they've yeah. been flirting with for a while. He's a GM guy. Yeah, he's a GM guy. And Andre Johnson had some particular grievances to air about one Jack Easterby. Ah, him. It's freaking Easterby. <laughs> uh, yeah. So apparently the owner loves him because on a personal level, but he's literally just the biggest scumbag in the NFL. No one wants to work for with him or for him. So that's what we're dealing with there. And of course, JJ White, our longtime superstars, like, please get me out of here. This blows. Uh, so cool football. And now we have the hodgepodge of a basketball team called the Houston Rockets. We've had two chances to make it to the NBA finals and do something with their lives, but we faltered literally at the finish line. Choking is, 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 I don't know if you want to call it choking, tripping, falling over yourself, rolling over, breaking your ankle, and just laying and watching the team walk over you. We've had two chances to beat the Warriors in a Western Conference Finals, and we've either missed 33 straight threes, or we just forgot how to play basketball as a whole. Steph Curry wasn't even in the game. And they're like, meh. KD wasn't in the game. Are you, you got to be kidding me? So now James Harden's mad because there's new leadership and he can't do what he wants. He's mad that he can't, you know, have time, run to a strip club and come back and eat a chicken wing. Like he's upset. He can't do that anymore. So now he has pretty much temper tantrum him his way out of Houston, which at this point, good riddance. He looks like he ate all of Turkey leg hut or whatever the place is down here that he likes to eat that. He ate all of it. It's a turkey leg hut at the place? Yeah, dude, I got to find it for you. It literally is like the most heart-stopping food I've ever seen in my life. I need to find that. And I just just admire – I'm going to just hop in real quick and let you keep rolling. But I just (laughs) admire that Harden has been so dedicated to his wings, his wing life. He's been been talking about dipping the wings his entire career, right? He's really doing it now. Like He actually has a thing of ranch in his hand on the court. And just slathering all on his wing right now. You can see it in his beard. Like, this dude, I've never, I mean, I've never seen anybody this round since Big Baby Davis played for the Celtics. I mean, or when Shaq played for the, the Cavaliers. I haven't seen anybody that round on the court. And his, he went from 35 points per game in the first five games and decided he didn't want to play basketball anymore. He dropped to a mere, was it 17 points per game in the last four games? We just don't want to play, huh? So he bitched and moaned on the the podium yesterday. And we scooted his behind out for Victor Oladipo, uh, four first-round picks from the, the Brooklyn Nets, and four uh, draft swaps. I don't know what that's going to turn into because Brooklyn at this point, unless it all blows up, which it might be because those three personalities together just – Kyrie's not even there. He just decided this wasn't for him anymore. And so they very well could be in last place and we get great picks. But, uh, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do with – and this is no diss to them. I just don't know what they play like together. But Boogie Cousins, who's been hurt the last couple of years, John Wall, who's coming off a pretty bad injury, um, Victor Oladipo, who – I mean, proven he can play, but can he step up to get a team over the hump? Like, who's going to be the number one there? Who's the clear-cut superstar? And yeah, that's my, my grievance. 
Uh, who, whatever team's out there, please pick, take PJ Tucker with you. He's a whiny, whiny child. Um, he wants more money. Have you seen his stat line? He scored zero points yesterday in 23 minutes. He did nothing to help the game, but he wants more money to go no, buy more shoes. He's trying to send you a message to management. Let me see those zeros, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. he's he going to see a zero when he's sitting at home with no check. And there's and, and there's a bit more. So there, there's four teams of the Rockets, Nets, Pacers, and Cavs. And Cavs, yeah. The Rock, what you said is right. They ended up getting four swaps and four first-round picks along with Victor Oladipo. But poor Karis LeVert, who's now in – who's now in Indiana. And then you have Jared Allen, okay. who I believe is in Cleveland now mm-hmm. or flip flop. They're both in Cleveland, something like that. No, no, you got it right the first time, but it's just like, you're right. Everything got exploded. So you explode everything to get James Harden and James Harden is elite. He's going to lose weight really fast. He's in, even, he's going to start trying him. Husky is still going <laughs> to give you 30, but it's just, it's very curious to see what happens with Kyrie because I don't watch ESPN a lot anymore because it's basically just the Stephen A. Smith channel. But (laughs) I mean, just like if if you don't show up and I believe he said Kyrie played 22 games last year. So on year two of like a five-year deal, 22 games last year and a shortened season this year, and he's going to miss more this year. You're not getting a lot of Kyrie. So I'm from a shoe perspective from brands. I think James Harden brand just went like James Harden in New York now. Like Adidas, like that's gonna be popping. But what mm-hmm. is like is 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 Nike gonna keep just like pumping out Kyrie colorways like nothing's happening on the court, <laughs> lack of happening on the court, or because you know James Harden, you know if James Houston could have said "f you," you're going to you're you're going to Cleveland. That would have really hurt. That would have hilarious. By the way. But now you're in the biggest market in the country, or second biggest behind LA. Yeah. All this stuff, like. The shoe stuff is very interesting to me with, with well, James Harden and Kyrie. That's like in regards to Kyrie, I sent you guys a, a tweet a second ago, and it made me laugh. It says, Kyrie didn't want to be Robin for LeBron, but now he's Alfred for KD and Harden. Crazy how life works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, I know he got hurt when he was at Duke, so he played, what, eight games? I mean, I may be giving too many. Maybe he played. But I think 11. I 11 if he played 11 games at Duke? Okay, I thought it was like a very minimal. He still got drafted, like, what, number one? Yeah. But this has been the Kyrie story ever since he became a, a star, basically, because when he was with the Cavaliers, when he had to carry them himself before he won anything, oh, he was about it. I'm durable. I can do this. As soon as LeBron got there, Al, I heard, I got to go sit out for X amount of games, and it carried over to the Celtics. It carried over to Brooklyn. Uh, I mean, people know what they're getting. Like, the Nets could have easily traded us one for one Kyrie for Harden, but we didn't want that. I didn't. I don't want that nonsense here. This dude, he probably would have flew to Phoenix at the wrong team. Like, he don't know how the Earth works apparently. So uh, <laughs> that would have been better because now the Nets are blown up. So all your two, three best role players. They're not even, role, they're above average role players. They're three. That was like solid bench. Quality. No, I mean, not just, I mean. I mean, the whole, I mean, you know what I mean. The yeah. was a bench player, but yeah. when everybody's not healthy, he's a starter, mm-hmm. like getting good buckets. So it's very interesting. To answer my own question. I actually like Jared Allen. He's Jared Allen's badass, man, the throw. But Nick, I, I, yeah. I'm going to throw you this because you lived through the Penny stuff more than we did. They kind of, I mean, the Penny three came out 
like they gave it a little space because he was hurt. Then he played a couple games to get the penny three out there at the all-star game to get it on court. And then he was hurt. Like Nike, uh, I don't want to say ignored, but like the, 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 the health status of the player is, is separate from the shoe release schedule. Do you see the same thing between like Kyrie and Penny and like that? Uh, so, so I, I think this might be an unpopular opinion and might offend some people at Nike, but I, I say this in a, in a really loving way. Like, I think that Nike and Jordan brand almost uncontrollably find crutches to lean on. You mentioned Tinker earlier, right? Tinker is incredible, basically paved the way for all of us to be talking about sneakers Mm -hmm. right now in a certain sense, right? Even if Jordan comes into the league and is as successful as he was, if he leaves Nike, we don't have what we have and we don't have the Tinker Jordan relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that Tinker should, should have retired a few years back. I actually wrote about that on, on the sneaker history site, just because, you know, you, you've got to, as a brand, you've got to find a way to transition to that youthfulness sooner rather than later, in my opinion. So I say that with, with Tinker in that example is like, you know, it's really tough because you, you clearly got one of the best people to ever design footwear, you know, on your team. But then throughout the years, you become dependent on that person to put their stamp of approval on things, you know, like, like you said earlier, right? Like that transition, you know, to Dwayne or, you know, even, um, you know, having, I I don't know, like just anybody that came in, I think of like Tiffany beers and the Nike mag and like, you know, from what I understand, she did most of the work for adapt technology, the auto lacing stuff, but yet you still have the conversation of like tinkers, a part of this. And it's not to take away from, from who he is and what he's done, but you've got to be able to elevate those people to, you know, like learn how to play in that spotlight. Right. So I say that to kind of talk about Kyrie Brooklyn, you know, Jordan brand did this with, with Carmelo Anthony, right. In, I don't know, 2010 or 2011, they decided we're going to start pushing that Carmelo's from Brooklyn. He was born in Brooklyn. Yes. But like from Baltimore, he he has a Baltimore tattoo on his mm-hmm. arm because that's where he grew up. where he like there's interviews from that same era where Nike was pushing the Brooklyn story and Jordan Brand is pushing the Brooklyn story. Where Mello is literally talking to people in the sports world. This is before you have ESPN talking about sneakers. Right. But Mello's talking to people in interviews saying, you know, Baltimore raised me. Right. And. That's very similar. And I don't think people realize how much. And it's not just Nike. It's a lot of the footwear brands. They lean on New York as like a crutch mm-hmm. to say that we need these people in major markets. We need, you know, an athlete needs to be in New York in order to sell a lot of signature sneakers. And I, I bring that up because if you look at Penny, at some point in the Penny lineage, somewhere in the late 90s, there was this shift from, look, Penny Hardaway can sell a shoe as an Orlando Magic you know, as an injured Orlando Magic player, like people bought Penny Hardaway shoes, right? The same thing with, you know, Charles Barkley, wherever Charles went, like Chuck's shoes sold, they were great shoes, maybe not 
to the level of, you know, Jordan's, but nothing sold to the level of Jordan's in the 90s and, and early 2000s. But at some point along that path of all these different people, signature athletes, whatnot, Nike and Jordan brand started to lean more and more on the New York story, right? And I don't, you know, I've lived in New York. I love the city. I, I'm, I mean, there's so many incredible people there that, you know, we... I can't deny what that city means to sneaker culture, the community and all of that. Right. And just my own personal career on top of that. But I do think that like, if we can't sell shoes based on players playing for one of the other 40 teams or take expand that, right? Like players play all around the globe and still sell shoes. One of the things we talked about on our, on our Patreon exclusive episode this week, was the Adidas basketball line and D Rose and D Rose shoes sell exponentially more in China compared to what they sell in the United States. We in the United States look at it. We think D Rose shoes, nobody buys those. Why do they keep making them? But then you look and like, I actually looked up the the numbers after we got off the show. And it's something like 70% of D Rose's sales come from China, which is mind numbingly like, just like that stat to me is like, whoa like no wonder like they don't market d rose the way they used to because his his fan base is in china and that's still a great way to sell shoes so like i look at the Kyrie thing in brooklyn i look at the even the kd thing in brooklyn don't get me wrong like as somebody who understands the other side of the business where black and white those simple colors will outsell everything at the end of the day there's a lot of opportunity to make some really cool like monochromatic sneakers with a like maybe a hint of color here and there that's going to appeal to a massively wide audience. But it's, I feel like we're, we're still at this place where the idea is that a player has to be in New York city or in LA to have his shoes sell. And I could, I, you know, like just to ask you guys talking about LeBron earlier, do you actually think that it matters where that player is playing, right? The colors that you actually appreciate and love from the LeBron line have nothing to do with Cleveland. Yeah. They might, you might've got a hit with the South beaches. If you're Robbie, you might've had a, a, a media day seven that was like Lakers. Right. But I don't think that that outweighs the, 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 just the passion for the player itself. True. I mean, LeBron and Cleveland's <laughs> the best example. I mean, right. And the best direct example, they're both number one overall picks, both drafted by Cleveland, ultimately, at the end of the day. And LeBron, you, you, you tell other stories. You tell his, um, you tell Dallas Cowboy stories. You tell everything else except for yeah. Cleveland. <laughs> and, and, and you do okay. I mean, I will... let's, let's, let's get the flat earth Kyrie colorway <laughs> line going, right? No, I think that's the colorway that we all want that we'll never get. But I will say this. So your point, Nick, and you made a lot of good points. I remember, I think 0304 was when Mello was drafted. And I think he, please, somebody's going to correct me hopefully in the future about when he actually went over to the Knicks. And I remember at the time thinking this Knicks thing about Mello being from New York, to your point, I thought it was more in line to get him to New York. Because if I remember correctly, when he was in Denver, he only had eyes for New York. So it almost seems like that's a narrative that not only the Knicks use, but in this case, Jordan basketball. Mm-hmm. To your other question about 
hey, does this make sense that we now see this Adidas guy moving to a predominantly Nike basketball team in both Kyrie and KD? I can make the argument that that's almost what KD did when he went to Golden State, because prior to that, Steph Curry was making Under Armour not only relevant, popping. And in a way that we haven't seen an athlete make a shoe and elevate a shoe since probably Jordan or maybe early LeBron, Steph did that with Under Armour. And I can't help but think, and this was kind of captured beautifully by Ethan Strauss and his book, The Victory Machine, which kind of looked at the last two years of the Golden State Warriors dynasty. By KD going to Golden State, whether it be for basketball reasons, there's also this sneaker side of it. Because now you're almost quelling the biggest threat Nike basketball has ever had. And you've arguably put your number two guy on that team. And you've dethroned Steph Curry. because. As a Curry fanboy, it pains me to admit this. Kevin Durant is the reason why they won those last two titles. And in a way, that's that Nike swoosh coming in and saying, hey, nice job, Under Armour. We, we can take we it. We got it from here. <laughs> so there's that component of it as well. Now, when we look at it from a basketball perspective, this is really interesting to me because this is the second time that Brooklyn has done this, where they've seemingly mortgaged their future for two players that are considered superstars. Now, in this instance, we're seeing James Harden still relatively close to his prime, whereas when they picked up Garnett and Pierce, they were well over their prime, yeah. and they were almost relics or corpses walking out there. And I think they got to a seven-game series. Andrew from our Discord will probably correct me. I wonder now, because Harden is there, is this the Kyrie insurance that we're also talking about? Because prior to that video leaking of Kyrie being in the birthday for his sister, I believe, was the reason given, and I'm I get it. I'm a family man. I I would support my sister too. I just find it eerily interesting the fact that within 24 hours of that video leaking, then we started hearing clamorings of, oh, we got to get this trade done now. We got to get this trade done now. Yeah. So in my mind, that's almost thinking about it from the perspective of Brooklyn in some way, shape or form sees Kyrie as somewhat unreliable. And that's just me projecting. That's not anyone else. I'm being an armchair psychologist and you're bringing in Harden. You, and in this case, the you being the three of you, and I have had this conversation prior to the season where we're wondering, how does that work? Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking that for me, the only way this works is if Kyrie decides he's going to be the new age Manu Ginobili and come off the bench and be that guy that comes in and gives both of those guys a breather. Because I think from a purely skill set perspective, Harden and KD are superior to Kyrie. Kyrie has them on dribbles. Mm -hmm. He has this one shot that will follow him for the rest of his life because it was a trilogy of three basketball actions that got Cleveland a title, the first one in 41 years, right? We have the block, Mm -hmm. we have the other block, and we have Kyrie. And in basketball, unfortunately, you don't get points for blocking a shot. You can prevent the other team from scoring, but you can't get points yourself. So he is forever going to be attributed to being a winner. It is going to be interesting to me because I don't see him and Harden coexisting in a plane. I will also try to say some nice things about Brooklyn because I've kind of sullied Brooklyn's name because it's a little confusing. The one advantage I can see from a Brooklyn perspective is they have now, in my mind, established a crunch time five. They can do one of two things. They can do their version of the death lineup that we were used to seeing with Golden State, where you have Spencer Dinwiddie, if he comes back from the injury, Joe Harris, Kyrie, James Harden, and then KD is your small ball five. Or if you want to go a little more traditional, you move KD to the four, probably take out Dinwiddie, and you play DJ. Although I think it's a damn shame that they got rid of Jared Allen because 
all due respect to Karis LeVert, I thought he was the young building block that was most pivotal to their future successes because he is still in his ascendancy as a player, as opposed to DJ, who, lovely guy, I think he benefits from being KD and Kyrie's really good friend, but his basketball skills are on the decline. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, not the same high flyer he was back in the Clipper days. Yeah, (sighs) so it's going to be fascinating. And the other thing, I think, because, you know, Conspiracy Robbie begat Conspiracy Row. I think we're about to see a work stoppage in the NBA because of COVID. And I think there is no team that will benefit more from, let's say, a month break than this Brooklyn Nets team because then they can have these conversations in private and we're not going to see those growing pains on the court. But that being said, this is interesting because now in my mind, on paper, they are the best team in the East. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I will give you gentlemen for food for thought right now. I just think it's a... It's the Miami Heat experiment again, but you have people with egos that are too big aren't going to willing to work with each other. Um, because to be fair, not any three of those guys, and no disrespect to them, not a three, not one of them is a leader in a locker room. James Harden's going to do his own thing. Katie's already said he just wants to go out there and ball, and we don't ever know where Kyrie's head at. There's no leader in that locker room except for what. DJ is the most veteran guy there who's going to be able to maybe rally the team. There's no leadership there to keep these guys in line because the, the, the running joke, as everyone's been saying, is that what they going to play the game with multiple basketballs because each of those guys plays on the ball. Uh, I mean, clearly, you know, Kyrie and, uh, and uh, KD have been making it work for the games they played together. You know, they've been splitting time well. But now you add in this third black hole. Like, we've seen this game. It's a lot of dribble, 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 dribble. Five seconds left on the clock, pass to somebody if I can't get the shot. So it's not going to be. I know they played together in, in OKC, but that's when he wasn't as uh, confident in his skill. He hadn't had an MVP under his belt. He hadn't had all his all-star appearances. So he was okay to defer. No, 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 no. I got this. I got this. So like you said, Rod, I think if there is a work stoppage, it would benefit them most so they can have this hash out session have these practices and just work out the kinks there. But if, if we see this happen live on the court, I say they get bounced in the second round of the playoffs. Really? Yeah. By like a, it's going to either be a Antetokounmpo, like pissed off fueled a Bucks team. Like he's like, I got to make it to the finals or it would just be kind of ironic if the 76ers beat them because you know, that was the other team he was supposed to go to. I think that's a brilliant way of looking at it, Mike. And the other flip side of this is you just mentioned somebody that is probably thanking their lucky stars that the attention is off of him because Giannis has had probably some of the more high profile failures and back-to-back postseasons that we've only kind of attributed to seeing a young LeBron doing. Really eliminating Brooklyn in this hypothetical would be a cinematic chef's kiss that I think <laughs> some of us would want because the dirty secret about professional basketball is not only is it a fun sport to watch, but the people watching is so much transcendent than any other sport in the world because it is one of the few sports where there's no obstruction of the face. So we mm-hmm. can see these guys. When see the sadness on their faces as they just go out. Yeah. I mean, I think Brooklyn's going to lead the league in eye rolls. Now, if, whether that's from the fans that are watching the product or it's the players themselves, we will also see. But I want to ask this next question to a very specific member of our panel because he is a member of that Laker nation who is still considered the heavy, heavy 
favorite of the NBA championship. Robbie, how are you feeling about this? Or is it just, oh, I don't need to know the name because at the end of the result, the result is going to be the same and that there's going to be a body that we're going to have to walk over on the way to get the Larry, <laughs> Larry O'Brien trophy. Robbie, I think you're on mute, but he's been that hot fire. You, you answered it for me. So exactly that. But if I can make it work on 2K, they can make it work in real life. So they'll, they'll figure it out at some point. The baseline. But no, Lakers and four. I mean, LeBron is LeBron's LeBron, man. Is. So I'm going to ask I mean, this I, one last I, I, Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask this because I think between the three of you, I have some really big movie buffs. And this is something else that was kind of noodling in my brain. So way back when, I think when he just joined the Heat, or this is probably after that title he won with the Heat, Shaq kind of compared his wing counterparts to the three brothers of the Corleone family. And he kind of called out the fact that you had Penny, who was Sonny, who was physical. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I got it wrong. So I'll start again. So Penny was Fredo, who had these brilliant flashes of brilliance, but was weak and injury prone and never really re- went to his full, full potential. Then you had Kobe, who was Sonny Corleone, who is rage personified, this physical freak, this specimen that can only do certain things that we all mere mortals dream about. And then you had D Wade, who was Michael, who was the unlikely savior, who rallied him to a title he never thought would be coming. So he's always going to have a special spot for D Wade. My brain was thinking, if I'm KD, you are kind of going through that now in a sense with your point guards, because you had Russ, who is your Sonny in this instance, because once again, physical freak, super mercurial, super temperamental is going to yell at you. And more often than not, he's going to be his own victim in a sense that he's going to let himself down. You had Steph, who's this unlikely savior, who's not only influenced the business but ushered it into a new era the way Steph has with his long shot making and now on the surface before a single ball has been dribbled you have given KD what looks like the Fredo which in this case is not one but two guys that are rightly or wrongly we're not to say historically characterized as aloof and a little flaky and it's going to be really interesting because I think if they look at this from a legacy perspective, they have all the ammunition they need in this world to say, you know what, F you guys, we're going to run this table. We're going to prove to you that once again, this is a super team league and we are the superest of all teams. So that was my last thing, but I figured I'd throw this off to my movie guys because maybe they'll correct me with my analogy here. Nah, I think that's pretty spot on. I can't, uh, I can't argue that. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. I, I, I think... Well, I wanted to go back to what Mike said about leadership. So that's a thing that I think is really interesting that is not talked about enough in terms of these kind of like high profile players, right? There's there's the difference between LeBron and being, you know, whether you like him or not, one of the top three, top two, top one best players of all time. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost undeniable, right? You could... You could argue generationally, and I, you know, we would never be able to come to an agreement with a lot of people, but there's no real denying that that he deserves to be in that conversation, regardless of what generation you're from. And I think that is because of his leadership, right? LeBron has already proven he can take any team to the finals. It doesn't matter what cast is there, right? It's nice if he has a Kyrie, you know, he gets his his chip in in Cleveland, but at the end of the day. 
that comes from leadership and being, being able to rally the, his belief and his desire to win. And I think that, you know, my hope, like I'm, I'm a pretty big KD fan. Like I think that KD has it in him to be LeBron level leadership, but I don't think that he's found it yet. Yeah. And injuries can, can, you know, derail that growth mentally, like, you know, beyond anything. Right. But if he, if he's going to win another title, regardless of where he plays, he has to become that right. Because he stepped into a situation in golden state where he didn't have to be the leader, but he had to be the workhorse of the team in order for that team to win. Right. And that's not, you know, that's not, knocking any of the rest of the guys on that team because honestly like whether you whether you love them or not love them or hate them watching that warriors squad for a few years was amazing fun right i think like you know as a kings fan i would argue that that squad is up there with watching like jason williams and chris weber in those beautiful years yeah they didn't win titles but there's no way that if you were a fan of basketball you didn't want to watch those guys play every night the same way that you know, like for me as a kid wanting to watch Jordan, right? Like next level entertainment. And I think that's something that, you know, going back to Katie in Brooklyn, he has to, he has to be so much more if this is going to work. It doesn't matter who he puts on his team with him because to Robbie's point, LeBron is LeBron. LeBron knows how to get there. He knows how to win. It would be, it would be like unbelievable like, in my opinion, if LeBron doesn't win this year and probably even next year, it's more of a disappointment than the Warriors blowing it in their 70-win season, right? Like, LeBron has the spotlight. He's in L.A. He's happy. It's sunny outside, you know, like, to, to you know, quote a great movie. I, I Well, I'm not going to drop any Swingers quotes, but just go watch Swingers. <laughs> You want to know about who's the big winner who's the big winner nick <laughs> yeah, exactly like lebron man like he is just like you know and and add on to that that his kids coming up too eventually that's a possibility he's playing with ad like you know you're getting to play with one of the top talents in the league for yeah. literally him coming into his prime right ad is not fully there and that's insane to think but like also it's it's the type of person you want to be around when they're, when they're growing into becoming, you know, that next, you know, debatable best basketball player in the history of the game. Right. And so, so all of that said, I think this is such a weird mix of things. I don't think it's going to do any good. I think at the end of the day, you know, you still gotta, you still gotta to to beat LeBron and, and I just don't see it happening, but I think that there's, another, you know, interesting piece to this is all the sneaker conversations. I'd love to know what you guys think about, like, is, is Harden going? So one thing that Adidas has always struggled with is not having these players in major markets, right? Like, you know, the most success arguably is Kobe being in LA those first few years and everyone else is kind of like not quite enough, right? Like T-Mac being in Houston. I don't think that, that, that's the reason his shoes weren't as successful as maybe somebody else's. But I think that it's a piece of the puzzle. Part of it. Could have been better at. Definitely part of it. So, 
So to think about like, you know, having New York market, like the, the energy there is crazy, right? I lived, you know, half mile up the street from Barclays when it opened in 2012. And, you know, it, it, it was one of the best experiences of my life to get to go to those games and to, to feel that energy because it's something that I crave being a Kings fan, say what you will about Sacramento and, and the Kings organization and all of that stuff. There's no way you can go to a Kings game and not feel the energy of, of what the fans bring. And I think Brooklyn really was that in those early years because it, it was just, a you know, it's like the combination of Jay-Z being, you know, owner. I'm, yeah. I'm doing air quotes right now for you listening listeners. Um, but like, that's a beautiful thing to see people rally around a city especially in like, you know, the, the other things that were going on at that time. But right now, I also think that, I don't know if this is cosmic or if it's just, you know, maybe a little, uh, a little angel dust from, you know, David Stern, rest in peace, even though he ruined the dress code and ruined Allen Iverson's career, but we'll not get into that. Uh, <laughs> So like thinking about <laughs> thinking about like the fact that we could potentially have a New York for New York versus LA finals is always exciting to me. That to me is always the, you know, a coastal battle gets more people excited about the game. And I think to your point, Rohit, about the potential of, you know, seeing things shut down again for COVID this is what the NBA needs, right? The NBA needs, you know, like not even just the NBA, right? When tragic things happen in the United States and, and worldwide, right? But I can really only speak to the US. When tragic things happen in the US, the best things to come from it are usually sports because yeah. sports can pull us out of those dark places. And I think about like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out a baseball reference. Everyone knows that I hate the Yankees. I never am a fan of the Yankees. I respect Jeter. Uh, that's, that's about all I can say. <laughs> all the nice things uh, right there. But like when you have something like 9-11 happen, the only thing you want is to see New York win, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, don't get me wrong. Like I want my team. I want the Giants to win. I want to see that. But like at, when those types of things happen, they really elevate the spirit of the entire nation. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, basketball needs to become that again. We've missed it for a while. You know, the Lakers winning is beautiful for Robbie. It's not quite as inspiring for the rest of the country, except when we have young Jimmy Butler coming in and potentially like robbing the throne of, you know, coming out of nowhere, really, right? We just yeah. didn't even, if you would have picked that at the beginning of the year, you were definitely going to see a huge return on that bet if you if you bet on Jimmy Butler and the Heat winning the title. And it didn't quite happen, but the battle is what really elevates everyone's energy around this, the product of basketball. And I think this is kind of like one of those things where if if I'm anywhere in the ear of Harden or Kyrie, knowing that they have, or even Durant, but like Kyrie and Harden, knowing that they you know, to, to row its point, a little bit aloof. They're a little bit wild cards. They're not quite as consistent as you might want them to be as the superstars that they are. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that I'm poignant about this because this is, 
this is much bigger than basketball if they're able to pull this off it's much bigger than just this season it's going to be huge if if part of us getting past covid as a society in the united states is also tied into some crazy seven game <laughs> brooklyn lakers finals right yeah that to me is that to me is something that you dream about as a little kid you know it's like dreaming about hitting the grand slam in the bottom of the ninth with a walk-off home run right and sure. i think th that kind of mindset hopefully is at least somebody plugs that and drops that in their ear and just to to case kind of leadership you know he could become that right like it's not necessarily about what you do on the court in these instances where you have un you know unparalleled skill set spread across the floor it's really about how you guys all figure it out behind the scenes and and create that final product that makes you a winner so i don't know i'm i'm excited about it i also don't understand any of it in a sense <laughs> because I feel for Mike and the Rockets and I just hope we can just win. I just don't want to go back to that. I also I also am not a big now Mike, I will say this. I'm just gonna say I'm not team? I'm not like a huge Harden fan, so Yeah, hey, I mean I just I just don't want to say I'm not a huge Harden fan. Like, yeah, I mean, the thing is like I just don't want to be back in that, that space where we used to be back, you know, before Harden was like we're always at a five hundred, never really doing anything, and just like, oh, I expect to get to first or second round of the playoffs and oh okay, we're good. So that that just that's the part that irks me. I'm like, dude, we were so on the cusp of being great. It would just took like 30 step backwards because someone just had a temper tantrum, basically. That's what, that's the irritation. It's like a single person because he was given too much leeway has caused just nonsense everywhere for our team. That's it. That's my, that's my frustration. Like, dude, let's just, you have a job. And that's what I understand. Like you're like, you're, being paid to, I guess, perform. You want to be in the best situation. So I, I get that because everyone wants to be in the best situation with their workplace. But still remember, it is a workplace. So if they set guidelines, you have to do this, that, and the third, you should probably just, like, do that. Like, we wouldn't go to work tomorrow and say, oh, you know what? I don't like in this department. I'm going to throw a fit until you move me to another department. Like, that doesn't work. Like, you have to remember this is a job. And I – and, and I don't say that to like, belittle what they do because I love basketball and hell, I wish I was, you know, six, five, you could shoot a, you know, jump shot. Like I, I wish I could be a professional basketball player, but they have to know that you've been blessed with this gift. So uh, be gracious about it. Don't, don't be that person. Like how these people are acting right now is like between like say Kyrie Harden and whoever else out there, just remember like it's, this is your occupation. I should say. It is and it isn't in a sense. I agree with you, Mike, from a just old school blue collar perspective. We're all in that tax bracket. Let's call it that. Where <laughs> we have to get up every morning. We have to kiss our wife or our partner. And then we go to our laptop in a different room and we just sit there for eight hours. And there are going to be struggles. There are going to be victories. But part of what I guess makes basketball appealing to some is the fact that you see this collection of highly skilled people that are arguably the pinnacle of their profession. Yeah. And they can make those rules, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it. Now, I think you alluded to this. Houston was the guy dating the hot girl in a sense. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we have her. She's brilliant. She's smart. She's funny. 
She makes a mean grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> who is it? Tomato soup. I want whatever I can do to keep her in my life. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, some other gentleman up the street has ca- captured her eye. And because you've set up this ground rule of, hey, honey, you dictate what's happening. It sucks, but it's only inevitable that she's going to go somewhere else because she's only known comfort in your life. Yeah. And it's a cruel lesson that at times helps me in a sense, because now I know as a sports fan, I can't connect on the player's level the way maybe a previous generation could, but I'm in a better space for it because I do have to realize at the end of the day, a lot of times these guys are looking out for themselves the same way you and I might look out for a better profession or a better job. But yeah, it sucks. Uh, It does kind of make it tough that when you may have a little one or a little cousin or a niece or nephew, and you're trying to tell them that, Hey, sometimes the journey is more important than the uh, decision (laughs) at the end. And then they're going to be like, no, James Harden went to Brooklyn. Ah, I don't look at that. Yeah. I mean, you you have to be devil's advocate and that's where it's unfortunate. The leadership thing is another wrinkle because I think one scenario I could see play out in this hypothetical finals that we've all as sports fans kind of made up in our minds, that's going to happen, which basically means it's not going to (laughs) happen. Is when we see that Brooklyn LA matchup, the way I'm looking at it is another thing you had alluded to previously in this conversation, Nick. You have three of Nike's top spokesmen, if not the top three. And you have Adi's biggest spokesperson. If I'm James Harden, that is the stage where I have to ball out in a way because I'm already behind from yeah. the sneakers optics perspective, right? Yep. And we always come up with yeah buts for James Harden because we are tantalized by his skill. But that is... That is going to be really hard to watch because if he chokes on that stage, no there's no stage big enough for James Harden to choke on then because he's inevitably going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, no coming back from that. Yeah, it's, that's a great point because I actually I I started typing up a text earlier to you guys. Uh, I, it was it was going to be a little harsh uh, towards James Harden in this this whole situation. But uh, basically what, what I was saying in that before I decided not to send it and, you know, put that negative energy into to the universe, which apparently I'm just going to switch mediums that, you know, at, at some point, like you, you just lose the, the respect because you haven't done it. You've had the opportunity. You played with the best of the best in the league. You know, maybe you're not playing with LeBron and AD but you've played with KD and Russ, man. Like you, you know, like it just, it's one of those things where you've, you've, you've played with Russ a second time around, you know, even now, like, you know, with, with John Wall, like you've got like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I understand John Wall is not to the level that he used to be, but he's a solid basketball player. Right. And like the energy that he brings to a team is is admirable mm-hmm. uh, you know like i would even say maybe he becomes that leader of the team even with a guy like harden right yeah but if if a if they don't figure it out you know i think it's going to be a it's going to be a long road for the to the final few years of harden's career if if they don't you know make something happen with this setup because you know what else can you do to you know prove that you're going to to be a team player and not just on the court but like 
in the locker room on the, you know, after the game on the press release. Press, you know, yeah, just I don't know. He put all his eggs in his basket. He has to do it now. Like there's no excuses anymore. So he he has to produce a championship at this point, or like the the world is not going to be. And when I say the world, I mean like the basketball world is not going to be kind to his legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's some good part so last last question. Who 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 comes out on top in terms of signature sneakers out of this trio being in Brooklyn? Like who's gonna have the best next like two to three years with signature shoes? You no, know it comes out on top. You know, not on that team. John Morant comes out on top. Because I think John Morant will come out on top because he's going to, I think he's going to do it with the next signature. They're going to have, in my mind, I know it's kind of a weird thought process, but they're going to end up getting rid of Kyrie or PG shoes. And I think with that, whatever's going on in Brooklyn, I think John Morant will be the person who is going to actually benefit from the nonsense happening. Weird take, okay. but okay. That's a hot, that's a fire. Take I'll take right it. There. Like, yeah, I'll put it out yeah. in the world. James Harden. Plain and simple, this Adidas is in Brooklyn now. Is that Designer Lab still there when the three gentlemen had migrated over from Beaverton to Brooklyn? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- that's a cultural yep. hub for them. That is, maybe they're establishing Beaverton East in a sense, but probably <laughs> even bigger and grander. What do you think, Nick? Um... I want to say Harden, but I think, honestly, I think KD, I think KD is finally going to kind of rise to, to the occasion and um, just, just become more of a leader. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think there's still opportunity for KD's signature line to, to really like get back to like KD four levels of excitement. Yeah, he needs to find himself, um, you know, like just in, it's just, just seeing the first few games that he's he's been back to like his old self, right? This mm-hmm. is the kind of stuff that we we all kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, fell in love with him as a player in the early years of his career because he's he's just unbelievably impressive in the sense that he's his body does not look like it fits his game in any way, shape, or form, yeah. and that is always going to be like an anomaly to me. Kyrie, I think has well i think Kyrie, because he's a guard and that's a relatable position like he can he can probably ride this same wave for the rest Mm -hmm. of his career assuming he doesn't have too many serious injuries and they can sell a decent amount of shoes you know they they haven't gone too crazy with the styles so it's it's kind of you know there's no shots but it's kind of a signature or it's kind of a team shoe vibe at this point with the exception of the crazy colorways that he gets so and honestly, like I just, I just think that, I think that Harden is 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 a challenge. You know, if he's this much of a challenge on the professional side of his basketball career, it's got to be challenging to work with him, especially with you know the Adidas team, you know, kind of always in their own challenging space for for hoops, as we talked about on the Patreon episode, right? Like it's there's a new designer though. They don't have it all. True, true, true. They did a hell of a job yeah, on the shoe. shoe like I said, 
yeah, and this this shoe I think is a is a, a step in the right direction, and I think there's there's a lot of potential mm-hmm. there. I just don't, I just don't know if if Harden is. No. I don't know, man. Like I I, th- I think a lot of the the attitude that you see off the court, you know, and and you know, talking to the media after the games affects your fan base in ways that you can't really predict. And you know, as much as I love Allen Iverson, I think that a lot of that stuff affected the way his signature line mm-hmm. kind of, you know, fell off after, you know, the first, I would say six, seven years. So Makes sense. I think we're kind of seeing that with Harden again too, but, but, but to, to, to Mike's point, I think that des- this design is leaps and bounds in the right direction mm-hmm. from where they were. I like the Harden call out. I'm trying to make the case for Kyrie because I think we've had representation for each of the big three and my thought is this. I can see a scenario where somehow Kyrie becomes the beating heart of that team. And because New York City has always prided itself on being the purest point guard factory in the world, that great New York team needs that great New York point guard. And he grew up in New Jersey, if I remember correctly. So he's got the Carmelo Anthony Bonafides, if you will, where he's not from New York, but he is from New York in this particular <laughs> instance. He has to be that guy that makes them go. And I think he is probably right now in terms of Q rating, probably at its lowest because when you have Stephen A. Smith calling for your early retirement, because you just don't seem committed enough. I feel that that's going to invigorate him because if there's one thing Kyrie Irving is in a sense is he is a troll because he wants you to think these outrageous things about him. So he can put it back in your face and say, see, I wasn't that I'm even better. Hey, at the end of the day, who made the shot that let Cleveland win? Kevin Love, uh, Kevin Love may have blocked a shot, and so might have LeBron. But ultimately, it was my shot that got us the title. Off the beaten path, winner in all of this, I might say it's LeBron because he can now continue to fortify his empire out west and say, even when people come to my team, I give the impression that it is a co-op, if you will, that we're all in this together. We all strive for greatness. We all know at the end of the day, it's still LeBron's team. And it's a question of how much does he want to exert himself in the regular season? Does he want to chase an MVP or does he want to chase those ghosts as he's been prone to tell you in an informal sit down? Either way, it's going to be fun to watch. And I think this is why we will continue to have a great podcast about these topics. So yep. Yep. hundred percent agreed. All right. Well, let us know what you think. Drop us a comment on Instagram, Twitter, Leave us a review if you want to talk some trash about anything we've said. Um, yeah, I, Come on. I guess that's about it. Bring it on now that we, now that you know we've got Rowett acting as our Ron Artest. Yeah, I mean we got nothing to worry choking about, out you know, people. So let's go. My rap album is going to be in Circuit City. That's my favorite Ron Artest story. My man took a a seasonal job at Circuit City as an NBA rookie to get the discount. Let's never forget that, guys. It's a smart moves. I mean. It's- yeah, yeah, I, I, it's, that's legendary. <laughs> so. All right, well, thanks everybody for rocking with us. Uh, I think at this point, you know how to find us at Sneaker History on all the platforms. Obviously, uh, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, links to each of us in the description, definitely leave us a comment. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to get the YouTube momentum going. Uh, I think we're almost to 300 subscribers. So hey. hopefully by the time you see this, we hit that. If not, help us out, subscribe and That's about it. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for joining us. Peace. See ya. See ya.
Hey, y'all. Nick Ingvall here. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a portion of your week hanging with us. And if there are any ways that we can improve the podcast for you, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory and join us for as little as five bucks a month. That also gets you access to our Discord group, which is a lot of fun. Also, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. We just started uploading our videos there now, so you can watch the video version of the pod and a lot more. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. It's a small gesture that can go a really long way to making somebody's day a little bit better. Thanks again, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.